So in this fourth installment of this series of classes on Kavanas of Freedom, I'm going to pick up where we left off from the end of the previous class, which is to more deeply explore the conception of the recurrence of the light of, of the Ness of Freedom and the light called Martha Sadik and the light called the downfall of Haman and how it recurs in each year. In other words, what are we actually doing when we're celebrating Tirim this year in a deeper sense? So to summarize what we've, what we've learned and what we're up to, we'll discuss the basic idea, which is known the Shem Darizan, and not as explicit in the Kisvarit as we would have liked, but it is the understanding that he seems to mean, and both the Chesidosh for them and all the other mythological that he's all assumed that this this is his rule that he's working with. And the basic rule is that on a deeper level, whatever happened in the time of Pesach or Shvias or Sikhis or Purim or Hanukkah is actually recurring and happening in the same year. In other words, when we are celebrating or in other words remembering the Ness of Peter, we're not just saying there was a nest over there in history and a thousand years ago or two thousand years ago and we are re- being happy because of that because that's not how Darizal sees happiness working it's not how he sees Vedas Hashem working as being happy or thanking even for something that happened once that's, that's not how we understand it but it's actually us redoing whatever was done in that time or recreating and reliving their thing. For example, if Pesach has its Mitzrayim, so it's like the Mishnah says, we need to go out of Mitzrayim again. We don't need to say we're Berkash and out of Mitzrayim and we're happy about that. Because according to the Vidal's conception, then we would not be doing it anymore. Because anything that's that's fulfilled, anything that's that's whole already, we don't talk about. And we're being happy of going out of Mitzrayim. It means at some, at some level, we didn't actually go out of Mitzrayim. In other words, and it comes the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we're redoing it, we're recreating the Yitzhak Mitzrayim because that still needs to be done. And when we say we're happy for going or remembering going out of Mitzrayim, we're really remembering the, the sense in which we're still in Mitzrayim and the sense in which we have to go out. In the same way, when it comes to Pirim, we have to remember in the sense in which Haman is still alive and is still trying to uh, do his thing. And they're still trying to get over that and, and be alive, like to stay alive. And not be killed by Haman. Now we've discussed um, two main basic conceptions of this of this idea of how we could understand the relation of what we're actually doing on this, this state in which we are right now, which is not really that obviously Haman is really dead with the state that was then. We're celebrating of Pshat is the simple meaning. The first, the first point that we discussed was to understand, and this is all of these points are true and, and have their place, but there needs to be, uh, we need to go further from them. But we'll, the first thing is to understand that everything we see in this world, everything we do, and everything that happens is only a kind of a shadow, kind of a, really the word that shadow might not be the correct word. But it's kind of a articulation and an expression of the true things that are going on, which is called Narigo Lengs in Ulmatilas in the high world of Ulmatilas. And therefore two different things, two totally different things, or we could even say two totally different times, 
can express the same thought or the same idea, just like in, we discussed in the first class our translation, we can translate the same idea in many different languages and each one would have its own expression. So too, the concept called Motcha Tzadik and the concept called Homa and the concept called Esther Amalka, they're not only the physical articulation of them, which was, or the physical expre- expression or manifestation, which was the actual Homan which existed at one time. It's also, and mainly, the idea, the deeper idea of that. And that deeper idea still exists in some way. We have to discuss that deeper, but it's still around and it could be um, manifested today by me reading the Megillah or by me having something else or by me doing the mitzvah or remembering the remembrance that we have. In other words, the remembrance that we have to the, to the actual event has the same relation to the to the oil matzilis that the event is re- is related to, as the as the event does. In other words, not that we should say that the, our remembrance is connected to the event and the event is connected to whatever it is. Now both of them are just other manifestations of the same idea, and therefore we could say that what we're doing now is the same exact thing that was going on then, because both of them, both what was going on then and both what's going on now, is only a levish, it's only a manifestation of the story of Oedem Hatzilis that Yitzhak is talking about. And therefore, both of these are really doing the same thing in their own way. That's number one point. Second point, which is uh, related to this, but another part to understand, is the concept of circular time, which is the idea that the time doesn't only have a linear expression, it's not only continuing to make new time all the time, but then at some level, in some, in some sense, we keep on re-going, re-living and going through the same cycle of time. It's like, well, there's different cycles. There's a weekly cycle, a monthly cycle, a yearly cycle. Maybe bigger cycles than that, like uh, Schmidt, which is seven years, or Yezel, is 50 years, or a decade, or century, which is ways that uh, other people count. Or they're also true in the base 10 system, right? We have the base 7 system, base 10 system. And, and these are different ways of seeing how the time the, which we live in is really the same time which was then. It's not just that there's a new time, which is Yidal Shvat Tupshim, Yidal Dudet Tupshim Pai, which is a totally different one of Yidal Dudet, whichever year it was then. But it's the same, since it's Yidal Dudet, it's the same thing. And it could have maybe the same uh, significance or the same spiritual uh, 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 feeling or the same meaning that it had then. It could be recurring. And just like we could see that the sun has its cycle, which just repeats and repeats, and the moon has its cycle, and etc. So, Therefore, every time we get to that place in this cycle, and in some real, very real sense, it's we're actually in the same place. And therefore, maybe for somehow there should be the same Haman and Madcha and all these things. We need to add to this, to this another point which I didn't mention last time, which is to explain if there's something in the time. So there's really two ways of understanding this. In other words, some people will understand this, and it also has uh, good sources, which is to say that if Yidalid Udr has some significance, as insofar as the time itself, the, this this place in the in the yearly cycle or the monthly cycle has some kind of significance, so that significance has nothing really to do with the story of Purim, which actually happened only once at one of the cycles of this time. So therefore, many people will want to try to understand what, and that is himself tries to understand some different ways. What is the connection? How the story of Purim is only a manifestation of the odd, of the actual etzim uh, of this time. In other words, let's understand how Chodesh Adol by itself has some kind of uh, mystical power, some kind of uh, natural power, some kind of 
feeling, some kind of mood that other represents, that other has, maybe because of the way it places in the yearly seasons, maybe because of the place it's in the yearly cycle, maybe because of uh, some legal reasons, for social reasons, for uh, inherent reasons. And with the story of Haman wanting to kill us in Chodesh Udeh, there's just one more way which Chodesh Udeh can manifest itself. And we could actually find something like that in the Megillah itself, which says that Haman made a pur, which is which the name of Piram comes from this word, which is the Pir or the Goyrel, the, the, that Haman made, the lottery that Haman made. And Haman was searching for the right day to do his, his plan. In other words, he seemed to have understood by astrology, as Chazal usually understand that reason himself uh, seems to attribute this to that, uh, that astrologically or some other reason, maybe for political reasons, there's times that are better to do things and times that are worse to do things. And Yid Gamaloda seems to him to be the best time, insofar as the time itself, to kill the Jidan. And therefore, we should, it's very simple to understand, if you understand that, every year when it comes Yid Gamaloda, we have the same problem. Maybe there's no Homan, but maybe there's some potential for Homan, or maybe there's some other thing. And we have to figure out how to deal with this reason why Homan thought that it would be a good day to kill all the, all the Jews. And the same, similar week we, we try to understand about Pesach and about Shviyas and about Sikha. So there's something in the season, something in the day itself, which causes that. And, and of course, once you understand that, then that season actually exists every year. The same reason, although there might not be a home, maybe there's some other guy that wants to do it. And maybe there's some slighter, smaller thing that's uh, similar to that that could happen. So that's one way that we can understand the relation between the actual story and the actual time, which is to say that really, even the story itself is only a manifestation of the time or the time in the, in the early cycle. That's obviously not enough, because according to that, I mean, then it's not enough in the sense that it seems to be missing some part, because according to that, we should have had Peter before Peter also. And that's obviously false. I mean, we could find some adrushim or some idea that will say, well, yes, so, you know, Avram uh, did the whole Torah, so he also did Peter Maida Aluda, and maybe it's true in this sense. But obviously there must be been a difference. Something must have happened. Something new must have happened in that story of Peter, because otherwise we wouldn't be reading that story. We would be saying something else. Therefore, a better way of understanding this this point would be to say that it's true that something new happened. That something was created by Matcha and Esther and Haman and that whole story. But that that creation has a way of sticking to the time. In other words, we could use the concept that Arizal has, which is called the concept of Rishimu. The concept of Rishimu is that in, in spiritual things and intellectual things and maybe even in uh, physical, more physical things, but for sure in spiritual things and abstract things, there can be no forget forgetfulness. Why can there be no forgetfulness? Because these things don't exist in time. For example, if I tell you, first there's been one thing and then there's been another thing, and uh, in, in time, in the way of thinking that time gives us also, in other words, in the way of thinking that the physical universe gives us, things can only be in one time, at, in one state at one time. So if I moved something from here to here, so before it was here and now it's there. So now when it's here, it's not there, and when it's there, it's not here. That's, that's the basic definition of, of physicality, of things that have physical space and physical time. The same thing with time, the same thing with all kinds of things. But we could even see ourselves in an intellectual thing, there isn't really that rule. Because when I tell you, for example, a cash anecdote, I have a question or a simple assumption, and then I give you a set or deeper assumption, a better chat, or better understanding. 
The first understanding doesn't actually go away. It actually always stays there and actually usually always helps the second understanding in the sense that we can't really have the deeper understanding before we have the simple understanding. We can't have this thought correctly before we have the chat to be based on. Or in another way of saying the same thing is when I tell you something, right? It's very basic understanding. Transference of knowledge has the nature that it stays, the same knowledge stays by me as it is by you. I'm not, when I give you some something physical, I lose it. Like the medicines beginning the fascist dilemma. When I give you something physical, I lose it. So because of the physical things have this nature, they can only be in one space at one time. So they move, so there's their nature has forgetfulness in it, is another way of saying it. The nature of all physical things has forgetfulness in it. That when it's in a new place, it forgets the previous place. It doesn't have any real, we have memory, which is human memory, which is kind of connecting it, but it doesn't really have any connection to the old place anymore. Masha and Ken, differently from that, are non-material things. The definition of non-material things, like thoughts, is that they don't get deleted ever. There's no such a concept, there's no action in, in, in Rachni, it's called delete. Delete exists only in Gajma. And delete says, the non-delete principle is, in other words, the, the principle of remembering. It says that all these things I remember. So when I tell you something, I don't lose it. I still have it, and you have it. So it doubles. Instead of, instead of deleting itself from one place and going to another place, it just does. It can only do copy-paste. It can't do cut-paste, right? It can, it can only uh, multiply itself, but it cannot delete itself. And the same thing is in one person. When I first have one half a minute, I first have one more simple feeling when I was younger, and then I deepen my understanding. I don't really throw away. We never, we never do the, the simple meaning of like chiva, which is to forget. Up open now, or something now, something else. Now we're always only adding. It's an additive world, which has no subtract, subtraction in it. So therefore, and this, this is a very big issue, which is that I might discuss. And therefore, when we say that the Svitas were first here and then there, we're not really trying to say that they were first. There was, they're still there and then there. We're just trying to show you some relation, which is called the Derech Moshal, and because our language is limited to discuss real abstract things, so we're saying first, because this is a way to understand, if, I do, if I'll give you my entire understanding at one time, you will know what I'm talking about. So what I do is first to understand this, then I'll tell you, no, this is not the entire truth, I'll give you, add you something else, and say not the previous thing, but I don't really mean not the previous thing. What I really mean is adding to the previous thing. So this, this is a general rule, and even in, in intellectual things, and culture kind of things that are beyond intellectual things, which are and what we call, call real Devashivakdisha, Devashivakdisha never gets deleted. And this is why the simple Chazal say, the Shimoisi as Migdashchen, Kvishosam Afalpisha and Shemaimen. So the Gemara reads the Pusik that says, I will destroy your base Amigdash to say, okay, but when it's destroyed, it's still a base Amigdash. Because this Kedusha that was in this place, even in the physical place of the base Amigdash, cannot go away. It can. It can stop existing in as revealed sense as it was, we can stop re recreating the nuance, which will get maybe to understand better, but we can't take away what it was. What it was always in a state that it was. And this is the basic logic, if you, if you could think even in, in Chumash, even in traditional Mecca, the basic logic of creating holy spaces, creating holy space, is this logic. Any space where there was once some kind of Kedusha, some kind of holiness, for example, if God spoke to someone in some space, if Abraham uh, had some Galis had Akaida at this space, so that's what we learn in Parshas Akaida. And Abraham says, This space is going to be forever a space where we could connect to the same kind of God, godliness that revealed itself to Abraham by the Akaida. Because of this basic rule that that holy things, that godly things, that uh, abstract things don't go, don't ever go away. 
and even their connection to physical space can't even go away in the spiritual sense. And this is the same reason Chazal say, "Yizari bezukan sheshachach talmidai sheliches v'shivra liches menachem baran." You should be careful. You should respect an old, old, old talmud chacham that even if he's already old, he's senile. He forgot his learning. Doesn't physically know his learning. And we learn this from the liches, which even after they were broken, we put the broken pieces of the liches into the oren. In other words, of course, even in intellect, when we learn, when I'm, I'm, keeping, I'm using the example and the metaphor, intellectual things, intellect can also be forgotten, at least in its physical manifestation. When I'm learning something, I know that I could, could become old and I could lose my mind, and I'll be a zokajah Old sometimes it's very sad, but that's the reality. This could be an old Talmud Chacham that he's learned this Torah for 70 years, and then he became 92, and he literally forgot everything. But that's only when we look at it in, a, in the manifest and the level of manifestation, and the level of the physicality of it. But when we think of the actual idea, or in other sense, we think of the etzim of the Talmud Chacham, this is not the same person as a person that didn't learn and forget. And just like the liches, even when they're broken, they, they can never be broken. They can only add, in other words, this, there's the first, state, the first state of the whole liches, then there's the state of the second liches. So the first state didn't continue. In other words, in order for it to continue, it would have needed to be a chiddush, a continual chiddush of it continuing. And that didn't happen, but we still have the previous part. The, the, the lichas before they were broken still exist. They didn't never break. There's only a new time in which those lichas didn't, didn't break. So they form... Yeah, this is a very important understanding to understand. The same thing in time, and all these things can be said much longer. I'm just... The same thing in time, we can understand. That if a specific time, as like this is based on the previous understanding that time has some sort of existence. There's something called Yudalid, or there's something called Shabbos, or some kind of thing, like Kli, like something called that day. Since long time that day had an, in it a big Ashrasash, it had in it a big Kedusha, it had in it a big, it, had a, it was a vessel for holiness, it never changes. It, that day always remains in this holiness. And this is like the Allah, and a simple way of saying it is the Allah that says, which we learned in the if you go by the place which where a nest happened, there's something in that space which says you make a you again make a And the same way if we go back by a time in which there was a nest, not only a time is a kind of space, a kind of space that exists in time. If we go through by that time, we get we again remind ourselves and we see that there's still the nest there. Every time we get to Yidal, we see the nest freedom which exists in that space in that space or in that time. And we say, and we make up a yom to look over that. Atkan, uh, the basic understanding of this idea. Now we have, in the end of last class, we tried to problematize this. And we tried to say, and we explain that these, all of these things don't seem to be enough. We need to be a much deeper understanding in, in this relation of now and, and then, of the historical story and this thing that we're doing now. And the way we said it was two, two, two main points. First point is this logic itself. When we say that the reason we can't just assume that we're just being happy because of something that happened, because that's not a real way of being happy. And if you think internally, if you think the truth, you'll know that there's no such thing. Nobody is happy because of something that once happened. You're always happy because of something that exists now, even on the level of brain chemicals. They need to be now happy. They can't be then happy for now for them, but that, that kind of relation doesn't really exist. 
So this logic itself must tell us that we can't just assume some kind of recurrence, some kind of thing where there's nothing new in this year's Kira. There's nothing new in the recurrence of the same thing this year. Because then, we should have stopped doing it a long time ago. Maybe for a year or two, we were still happy. And we could prove this with the reality. We don't even have to base it out on this logic, on this Buddha, on this idea. We could prove it in the reality. Because there were many Nisim. Many good things happened, both in particular situations and in more general situations. And both for the Klalis Rod as a whole, but for people and people by themselves. Many times, there were many different good days, and if you read Tanakh, and if you read history, you'll see there was a lot of good days and a lot of bad days, and like 99% of them leave no and leave no sign in our yearly calendar. Even if you look in the old calendars, you'll find the Shekhanonach, there's days, there's Tanit, and there's Pirim this, and there's Pirim that, and there's all kind of Megillah's Tanit, and all of these Megillah's Tanits got, they stopped existing at some point. And why did they stop existing? Is there, is there, was there a less, smaller nest? I don't know. I don't think we have to assume that the miracles that we celebrate or the Shias that we celebrate were necessarily the bigger ones. That doesn't seem to be correct. We could find, they could like make a list of uh, good times in Jewish history and we should find the date when that happened and make a bigger fear. Nor could we assume that these other ones are somehow less, uh, less important or, or or, or uh, the people are not less happy about it. The, by the logic that says we're still alive, we were still alive also because we didn't get killed by this time and by that time and by 10,000 other times. And the same, same goes for Sunday. It's the same, same question. In other words, there's something else besides for the history of Mahem that adds, that gives a power for certain things to stick. Certain things actually stick to the early calendar and certain things just don't stick. They're just... Sometimes they exist for a few years, and people even make a simcha for a few years, and it stops. And if we look in the Megillah, this is, this is where we think it gets interesting, we see that the Megillah is actually worried about this. The Megillah says that it actually talks about this very explicitly, and it says, So Esther Amalek, writing the Megillah, is thinking, you know, there was many miracles, there were many good times, there were many hatzlochas, there were many yeshias. And many times people even made, they said, we'll make a yom there, we'll, still, we'll sit down and be happy. And not all of them uh, work, not all of them stick. And she is saying, and like promising or hoping, that this, this one, her, her yom her pirem, will stay forever. As long as, as long as there's Jewish people, there will be also pirem. In other words, she understood, and this must have been understanding that she had, but something here, besides for the big happiness that was in that time, besides for the big nest that happened, besides for how important it seemed to her, there's another ingredient here, which lets this recur every year. There's some more ingredient, there's some kind of another, another part of the whole thing, which, which gives it this power, this, this uh, stickiness, or this, uh, this memory which, which it gives. What is what is this thing?
You could go back to Nadi Zamo talks about this. I'll tell you what Arizal says here and try to work with it. Arizal says, this Nesafidim, and we'll, next time we'll explain it better in, in its context. But this Nesafidim is something called a very big art, something, something very special. It's a kind of, of light which exists, usually doesn't exist in good situations. It doesn't exist when things are going well. In the Rizal language, when the when the when the Tiferes and Malchus and the Zayin the Nukta Atzilus are having their Yichud, their Bishleim, and their Kunim, the Kunim, all these concepts will explain a little more next time. And their Malchatzalik doesn't exist then. A very simple way of saying this would be: in times which things are good, everyone understands things by themselves. We don't need some savior, some Matcha, some Mashiach, some Tzaddik to come and help us where we're doing well. Most of the time when people are doing well they don't celebrate these kind of characters. And the natural course of events should have been. Now of course there was a big problem and the big tzodaf, which we'll explain more in depth next time. And Baruch Hashem, Matcha Tzadik uh, helped, uh, saved us. We saved the day. Hashem helped us and Matcha Tzadik became and he saved us and everything turned out well. Now the natural thing would have been that well now now that everything is going well, now that it's, things are okay, we forget about Matchat Sadiq. This, this is the natural this is actually the natural thing, and this is actually what happens most of the time. There's a big problem and there's one tzaddik or one person that saves helps us, and then and then we forget about him because now that things are good, we forget about him. And this doesn't hold the logic, this has a source in the true, it makes sense that it's correct even. It's correct, Nolim is also like this. But Rosh Hashanah wanted Ampirin that something very special should happen, and that we should not forget about Matchat Sadiq, we should not forget about Esther Amalka. Although that things turned out to be better, and we, sa- we got saved from the problem that they saved us, they don't get deleted. They still have some kind of existence, and not only some kind, but the same feeling that we have. When the, the big two, that's a big problem, no one wants to kill all the heathen, and Matcha is there and he saves us, and, and there's all this whole mess, and there's such a big simcha. That same simcha doesn't stop to go away once we're ready a few years uh, passed, and so it's okay every time we get back to Yitupirim, to Yisvayimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
whenever we do all things. What we redo is what we do is we figure out how to how to uh, how to win, how to win over some kind of human. But the structure of, of, of the world, the structure of the world remains always the same. This is the, 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 the thing that we have to understand always when we talk about things being new versus them being old. There, there's always new things, but they're always working more or less the same structure in the same way. And because they work in the same way, when there's a structural change, when there's something is in Shadish, when someone makes a new kind of structure, that can also stay. And there's also structural changes. There's not only changes in the detail based on that structure. You can make some particular event, sometimes there's a revolution. And someone makes a new structure. A whole new structure. So until now, up until the times of freedom, there wasn't come any way for someone to have this thing called Makhat Sadiq. There was no such a thing. That was the structure. It was always like that. Came Makhat Sadiq, came the Nasafim, they changed a new structure. So now, what happens is like this. Now that we're doing a do year, in other words, we're doing the same exact thing that we have to do then. Although maybe it's not in the same exact manifestation, we're doing the same exact thing. We're working through the same structure. But now there's a new structure looks different. There's a new structure. And this our new structure includes something called Makhatanik. It includes some new thing called Simchaspiram. And therefore, whenever we go through, this is the big Simchaspiram. The big Simchaspiram is that when we come back to Yid Gimalodir Tokshi and Tai, we're back in the same problem of, of, of that. Not in the exact same problem, but in the same exact situation which led to that problem. Now it doesn't even happen. So don't tell me that there is really a human. There is not really a human. You know why there's not really a human? Because Motha figured out a way to trick to figure to get that over that. He figured out a way to, to have his this light called Motha Tzadik, which already automatically human already can't even start. And we'll explain this better next time we explain what actually Motha Homan means. But this is the big, the big Kiddush of Tidim, and, and this is even somewhat, in some ways, different than the relation that all other holidays have to their, to their predecessors, to their history. In other words, this is why we say, because at the end of the day, even though there's something renewing itself in, 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 in Pasach of in other words, there's some little Mitzrayim that got, we're still left, we're still in Mitzrayim in some way, and we're getting out of it by doing Mitzrayim, Tiyas Mitzrayim again. The structure of the world didn't really change. And therefore, we, at the time, whenever we're going to finish with Tiyas Mitzrayim, at some point it's going to finish. The Mashiach is going to come, we're going to be finished. Well, I can't do it anymore. Maybe we'll do something else, but we won't do that. Because but Mashiach and Pirim has this thing, where even when we stop having Homan, this is the big Chiddush, even the Homan stopped existing, there's not a human anymore at all. Not even in any sense. But we still have Madhat Sadak, we still have the happiness, which is as happy as if there would have been human and, and we got saved out of him. We're still having that simcha, we're still having that light. Because when Piram happened, we changed something in the structure of the universe. We made a new cloud, we didn't only make a new prat, we didn't only make a new detail, we made a new way of things working. And this new way actually changes everything. This new way is actually a new way of making holidays, it's a new way of existing, Bechlau. And this new way never, never stops. In other words, we have a new way of relating between what was previous and what is now. Because all the other ways are just recurrence and some kind of recurrence, some level of recurrence. And because we didn't actually finish with Tzir Mitzrayim, we still have to finish doing it every year. Pilim, we're not actually finishing what Motchan Esther did. 
they actually finished. But but by finishing and and the way, because of the way they do it, they left something, which is a change in the structure of of the way things work. And that change is even now that we don't have Oman, the opposite, because we don't have Oman, we still have something, uh, the Zechra of Matcha Tzadik, which is the same Zechra as, as always.